0: everybody welcome to episode 38 of the snake of the draft podcast i'm your host jacob bines you can find me on twitter at j underscore dff in this episode i'm going to be talking about the ins and outs of rookie draft trading you know that can be acquiring them trading them away and just like rookie drafts in general so just to start off um there's actually this really cool graphic that was made on it. I found it on Dysoners. I don't know if someone made it beforehand or anything like that, but it just shows really nice and easy. When's the best time to buy picks when's more of like neutral time period. And also when's the best time to sell picks. So in general, this is common sense in the sense that the best time to buy picks is during the regular season. And you know, that's like, because the easy thing is if you're a contender, typically you'll think, you know, I want to sell this pick to get this player to help me win. So the best time to sell picks is going to be during the regular season. And then more of that neutral time is going to be after the season finishes as well as right before the season starts. More like right after the rookie drafts. And then you have the like really like the sell pick prominent time. And that's like whenever you have it to where like the players announce that they're going to be in the NFL draft. And then also you have it when the actual NFL draft occurs and just rookie drafts happen. So, those are the times that you would look to quote sell them if you wanted to because their value is at their highest. Uh, the one thing I've heard and I 100% agree with is that with your rookie draft picks, if you have them at the end of the season, do not move them until the rookie draft. Like, obviously, if you get some crazy thing like, oh, someone in Superflex League is offering me a Dr- Dak Prescott for 2021 first, that's like the 1.10. Yes, do that all day, but in general hold off from moving those picks because you can get even more value later on. And those trades will always be there. You know, it's not going to miraculously just change like, Oh, you know, I knew these players were there and now at the landing spots, like I sent you this trade and then, Oh, two weeks later, I'm going to say, no, I don't want it. You know, people want rookies and, you know, I used to be anti getting rookies, this and that, but I've been starting to turn around on the rookies recently. And so I think now is the primary time. If you're a rebuilding team, or even potentially a contender. Honestly, if your team's stacked and you can move like an older vet, like a Jarvis Landry right now for a 2021 first, yeah, I'd do that all day. And then you could even move that 2021 first for someone like an Adam Thielen from a rebuilding team. You know, like it's so fluid right there. And if you're a rebuilding team trying to move either multiple pieces for a second or a first or just moving pieces for a first that you think can help you, uh, I would say don't just trade for picks just to trade for picks. Make sure they're actually good values for yourself because that's the most important thing is you know making sure the value is there as you're going. So one thing I will add though that's sort of like a it's a little bit of a bummer is if we're talking rookie hit rates. So rookie hit rates, this is this data is going to be from the 2020 2012 to 2017 draft classes. And a hit is going to be a top 24 running back, top 30 wide receiver and a top 12 quarterback and tight end. So first round hit rates and this is only for one season is about 45.8% second round hit rate. So that's running back or players drafted number 13 to number 24 for 12 team leagues, 30% third round or later 9.3%. If it's multiple seasons, so two plus seasons, then first rounds are 31.7 second rounds are 18.3 and third rounds are 4.2. So obviously it's not looking that great for, you know, those rookie picks to hit at a very high rate. Uh, I will say this this glass right here, this 2020 class is looking spectacular. We're already seeing that we have can have multiple wide receivers hit already, multiple running backs hit already. Slash so is awesome. Even quarterbacks, you know, are gonna be hitting already. No no tight ends yet. But you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how this class uh ramps up. And I'm gonna be looking at the classes in in just a moment. But one really cool thing that uh is actually someone messaged or it was uh, it was a uh, through Discord actually, someone uh message about wanting someone to look at um, third and fourth round rookie picks. And this isn't super flex, you know, and just seeing how they hit and dropping that criteria a little bit lower. So instead of having it be, you know, the RB two and being a RB or like a top 30 wide receiver or a top 12 quarterback, top 12 tight end, you know, looking at them and moving them back a little bit, like trying to see what's realistic for a third and a fourth round pick. So um, I haven't locked down the exact um, th- the way I'm going to look at it, but I think like a nice easy way to look at it is, you know, like maybe a top 18 quarterback and then for running backs doing a top 36. So RB threes, cause RB threes can be valuable, yeah, especially for depth. And if you can get those in the third rounds, pretty r- realistically, then that'd be something I'd want and I'd want more third round picks. instead of just throwing them into trades as burns. And then for like wide receivers, you know, wide receiver, probably 40 moving it back to there. And then for tight end, I wouldn't go below tight end, top 18 tight end, because once you start getting below that, it's so touchdown dependent. And I just, I don't want to do that right there. And so, you know, I just want to look at, are these picks a waste? This is actually what I was uh, asked to look at is, are these picks a waste? Like I currently am leaning that way, but like could they actually have value to help a dynasty team's death? Because, you know, if they do and you can get like uh, these, these hit rates right here at a 40 to 50%, you know, Likelihood, then why wouldn't why wouldn't you want all the third round picks you could if you could move someone like a Keelan Cole for two third round picks, you know? Because if you can do that, and then you get a RBE three or wide receiver, you know, four ish, like a high wide receiver four, that's like I know Keelan Cole's dominating, but if you can get that on a relatively consistent basis, why not? Because they're going to hit on good weeks, they're going to not hit on others, and especially the running backs having running back threes, that doesn't just fall on trees, you know. That's that's what you want. And I just think it's important to not get locked in on these on these players. And you know, I could look this up. I could dig deep into it, and you know, find out that you know, uh yeah, these hit rates are pretty bad. Which you know, that's that could potentially be the case, and it could be only like a 25% hit rate. But I would feel way better about a 25% hit rate than a 9.3% hit rate for a third and later. You know, so that's something I'll be interested in. I'll definitely be talking with y'all once I get more info, I plan on spending some time on it this weekend, but you know, I also wanted to say the final piece of like rookie picks is, you know, should you move them as a contender to help you win? Should you hold on to your picks? Like what should you do? And I actually want to look at the last two years of super flex drafts to really just show you like what type of caliber player is there. And I know this isn't perfect because there's obviously been busts even already, you know, for this 2020 class. And especially in 2019, and later and later and later. So this isn't perfect, and I'm not saying that a couple of these players will potentially bust. Um, so I want to preface with that to start. So if we look at the top 12 players, and this is according to DLF ADP, you have uh, Joe Burrow, number one overall, Clyde evans Laird, number two, Jonathan Taylor, three, two of four, J.K. Dobbins, five, Swift, six, Cam Akers, seven, Jerry Judy, eight, C.D. Lamb, nine, Justin Herbert, 10, Justin Jefferson, 11, and Jalen Rager, 12. Um, I'd, I'd add that I've seen Justin Justin uh, Justin Herbert go even later. I've also seen Keyshawn Bong go even earlier. So this is a an aggregate of what they've done for mocks. So with all of this, you know you can notice that those top like four to five guys are are looking pretty good. And I'd even say like you look at those that 11th 12th pick, which is if you're a contender, you know that's a Justin Jefferson Jalen Rager. Uh, potentially, you know, a T. Higgins was there, Denzel Mims, Henry Ruggs. You could have uh, got Keyshawn Shambon very sad about that. So, again, there are busts at any time. But pretty much what I'm saying is there are players that are, are just there year in, year out and can help you win. Like if we look even back to 2019 draft, you know, the players that were at 11 and 12 were, you know, T.J. Hawkinson and Daniel Jones. You know, that's where they were going there. And I, I will say you look a little bit later and you see like a Damian Harris, J.J. Arsaka whiteside at 14, Debo at 15, Noah Fant 16, Marcus Brown 17, and then Drew Locke at 18. So, you know, all it takes is you miss on one and you pick a Damian Harris with your, your 12th pick because you really need a running back and then you're, you're screwed. Which one thing I haven't mentioned yet is in rookie drafts, always draft best player available, figure out need later. And that's such an important thing to realize because you may not think you need a QB, but if you're in a league that you know you're like, yeah, I could I have two solid QBs, one okay QB, and you can get someone like a Trevor Lawrence or a Kyler Murray or a Joe Burrow. You know why wouldn't you? Obviously, you have to look at the other positions and stuff because I I could see a reason to take Clyde edwards Jonathan Taylor, or Joe Burrow in a twelve-team super flex. Um, but you know just just look at trying to be creative in how you make your trades. Like you don't have to automatically send your 2021 first just cause you're, you're a contender and you want to, you want to win it all. You know, you can, you can be flexible with it and hold on to it for longer than you think. And then if you get offered a very solid trade, like if you get offered like Adam Thielen for a 2021 first right now, I'd be really thinking hard about that trade as a contender, especially if I needed wide receiver depth, you know, but if I'm only getting offered, like, I don't know, like Marquise Brown right now, and that's it. I'm like, eh, I'm good. He has been doing great. He doesn't really help me as a contender. So, like, yeah, I'm not feeling good. So, you know, long story short, like, those second-round picks, I didn't really talk about them a whole lot, but, like, in, in 2019, those, those second-round picks that were the hits, you know, are Debo, Fant, Marquise Brown, Drew Locke, uh, Singletary for a bit, and then, like, Mikko Hardman, Alexander Madison are there. Obviously, you have those misses, like Damian Harris, Jujeric, like a Whiteside, uh, Justice Hill. If, if you if you played Dynasty in 2019, you remember Justice Hill hype and uh, Andy Isabella. And then from even, like, 2020, we have, like, uh, Keyshawn Baum was number 13, Ruggs 14, Mims 15, uh, T. Higgins 16, Michael Pittman 17, Ayuk 18, Zach Moss 19, Chenault 20, you know? And, like... We even have uh, Jalen Hurts as the 23 overall, and then, you know, Antonio Gibson right there, number 24. And then he looks like a steal right now with that ADP. So, you know, you just look at those names and you think about the players that you're you're going to be trying to get for a 2021 second. Like, you could, like, last year an example was you could have, you know, traded for, like, Carlos Hyde because he's was, he was playing well, you know. But then if you kept that 2021 second, you could turn Carlos Hyde into Zach Moss, Brandon Ayuk. Lavicious Chenault, even AJ Dillon. You know he was at number 22 overall. So just don't just make moves just because you think, oh, I need to make this move. Like one move I liked at the beginning of the season, which you know right now I'd be a laughingstock uh, because I, you know, Kenyon Drake going into the season I thought he was a lock to be an RB2. So I sent Michael Hartman and a 2021 first for Kenyon Drake, and that was right before he officially signed with the Cardinals. I think so. I was ecstatic to get that trade done because I did expect him to sign with the Cardinals but now it doesn't look great. So you know, you can you can look at these trades and as they go through, but you know, it, feel free to make those moves if they help you, but don't force it or don't do like, oh, I'm going to get two or three players and then I'll give a 2021 20, second. Like honestly, one thing I like as a rebuilding team is you send like uh Geelan Cole, uh, uh Logan Thomas and like some running back like Giovanni Bernard for a 2022 20, second and a 2022 20, third. It's 2 years out, yes. I don't love it, but you're getting those players that are going to be scoring points off your team, and you are then getting draft picks. So, you know, I just think that that's a smart plan to do. And uh, also, I would add that, you know, like with Superflex in general, QBs are almost always worth it. Um, Like other than Haskins over the last few years, and obviously this is all conjecture because, you know, like Locke and Daniel Jones are making people nervous right now. Uh, But they still had an increased value versus the people around them. Like um, after the season, you know, Daniel Jones was worth way more than Paris Campbell. He was, he wasn't up there with AJ Brown, but you know, DK Metcalf, Daryl Henderson, Nikhil Harry, all those guys, you know, Daniel Jones is right up there with them. So um, with this, it just shows that, you know, those quarterbacks, if they, if they can play well and they show a little bit of flash, they explode in value. Like, you know, Justin Herbert, He's currently a top five quarterback for some people like it's nuts. And he was going at the end of the first round, if not in the second and people, I was trading 2021 first to get Justin Herbert and people were laughing at me. They were saying, you are paying way too much to get this guy. He's going to be a scrub, this and that. And you know, what? I do understand, you know, the tape argument, they watched the tape. They didn't like it, but at the same time, he's starting Q quarterback, his, his arm strength and everything just seemed to fit perfectly with the chargers. And as we're seeing, he's looking great. And that's, I think, one issue with fantasy is we, we think we understand exactly what's going on and how things are going to work out. And we really don't. We, we don't. We think we do. We think in our head, we watch this player and we're like, eh, he's, he's not that good. But we don't realize that teams can make a player better. Teams draft players and mold players to make them into who they are. That's their goal. And obviously, yes, they've gone through middle school, high school, college, and now they're, they're in the pros. But it's not as cut and dry as what you see in the, the college. It's going to be 100% what you see in the pros. And we see that, you know, like Nikhil Harry. You know, he was the darling of fantasy for Twitter, dynasty Twitter. And he was the wide receiver one, and he's a bust. You know what? We saw some good stuff, but it just didn't work out for him. I know he was hurt last year, and this year he hasn't looked that great. But um, I'm just saying, like, don't don't get stuck in your head that we know exactly how things are going to be. And if you're in Superflex League and you're like, yeah, I need a quarterback, you know, like Daniel Jones last year, same as Justin Herbert this year, you know, those type of guys quarterback wise are people to look for because you can grab them and they instantly jump three to four rookie spots in value. Like Justin Herbert right now, I could you could get CeeDee Lamb straight up, Jerry Judy straight up, Cam Akers. You know, Swift straight up in a super flex league, J.K. Dobbins, I think you could as well. So he's honestly like right in front of or behind Tua, depending on how you feel. And the only players that are more valued than him is Jonathan Taylor and Clyde Everett DeLair, I'd say right now. Uh, Some people may disagree. Some people don't value quarterbacks as much as I do. I I do love my quarterbacks. So, you know, I, I also agree that quarterbacks are the easiest to get in the startup and rookie draft. Um, and, and, just in general, and I mentioned this already, don't feel forced to move your 2020 first or second round picks for players unless you, you see an opening for a trade that can help you win it all and be very particular, you know, don't just do it at a whim. Like think about it very, very, you know, like really look at your team and see if you can do it. And it shouldn't be like, Oh, you know, if everything falls perfectly, I got it. You should be like, you know what? I could lose a player and I'll still be fine. And that, that's great. And also, you know, work on finding analysts that can help you, find rookies that will outperform their adp like one example is terry mclaurin or this last couple of years you know he was a third round pick deontay johnson also exploded in value and you know like i'll be the first to say that i'm not i'm not really practiced at finding these diamonds in the rough for rookie drafts and i'm personally not it's not that i'm bad at it but i just i, I still need a lot more practice and you know i'll be working on my process this off and really trying to talk to people and understand exactly what's going on that's probably going to be the major focus of snake in the draft the beginning of the off season, you know, partially for me to spoil myself and talk about it, but you know, for all of y'all to hear it too. And, you know, like find solid people for helping you find those draft deals. And some of them are, you know, like the dynasty nerd team, especially like the dynasty nerd podcast. They, they mentioned, you know, Darius Slayton and Terry McLaurin also like racy Q uh, ball blast girls and FF ball all day are all solid options. And I know I'm missing some people that, you know, are really great uh, draft follows. And, you know, I hope to eventually add my name to the ranks, but always be looking for those people that can help you. And I think the rookie draft is the number one way that you can set yourself apart as a dynasty fantasy football player. Because if you can hit on these rookies a little bit, a little bit higher than average, like I I just mentioned the hit rates, 45% first round, 30% second, 9.3 third. If you can increase that hit rate for yourself and track it, you know, and you're you're hitting third round picks, you know, at a 15, 20% hit rate, first round picks at a 65 70. Now, obviously if you have an early first round pick every year, you're kind of hit at a higher rate. Um, but you just have to, you just have to try to find little differences that you can make and not get, not get locked in. Like, I think the biggest mistake is when we start thinking, you know, like Keyshawn Vaughn, I think that some people believed in his talent. I, I, I heard them talk, but you know, whenever you start getting into those, the, I need a running back. Okay, so I need a running back. Let's let's see who's who who can I go between. You know, I could go Keyshawn Vaughn or yeah, I could get Jalen Rager or Justin Jefferson. You know, I could get Keyshawn Vaughn though. You know, I need a running back. Let's look at who the best players there are. Justin Jefferson and Jalen Rager. Like they were they were back to back in most drafts. Don't reach on a player just because you have need. The only time I'll say to reach on a position is more in those bigger leagues, like 14 team leagues, and it's like super flex 14 team leagues. And I wouldn't even consider reaching, like I drafted Justin Herbert at the 1.07 in a league. And that was like, you know, I left Justin Jefferson on the table, Jalen Rager there and all that. But you know, like I even, I think I even picked him over over CD lamb, which works out great now, but 14 team league, you know, quarterback scarcity is tough. Like if you're doing it right, every team has two starting quarterbacks, it's 28 starting quarterbacks, four leftover quarterbacks. So then you have those four leftover quarterbacks. We've already seen, you know, Tyrod Taylor, you know, isn't a thing Fitz fits isn't a thing. And we'll definitely see at least three to four of the quarterbacks not be a thing. Garden already a bunch of question marks. Uh, and i was nervous about him going into the season and, you know, I wish the best for the dude, but it looks like he's potentially going to get benched after this week or okay. He, I think he has an injury, so it may not be benched, but you just gotta, you just gotta look at scarcity also in the sense of like quarterbacks, like typically running back wide you tight end. Scarcity's in there because typically the, the top running backs are higher than the top wide receivers. Um, so yeah, I've been, I've been talking and talking and talking and I just want to say like, don't get locked in and always like look at other options, especially once you make your like top 12, if you make your top 12 list from other people. Just don't get locked in on a certain top 12, always be listening to other people say, always be trying to learn and learn and learn. So that's been what's super helpful to me, especially people coming on the podcast They've helped me to learn and learn and learn because um, I know I'm not perfect. And, you know, it's just find the people that that's their strength. So I think my strength is more related to trades and finding trades and how to, you know, rebuild, make your team that way. And just one of the I almost honestly want to say like the psychology of fantasy football. But there's also people that focus on the draft and and really finding those diamond in the roughs of, you know, general players throughout the, the year and if you can be one of those those guys and find them and follow them and you get a terry mclaurin in the early third and now he's you know worth a third fourth round startup picking superflex that's a game changer so find those people that that complement your own strengths as a face football player too this isn't just saying analysts face football player like you may think your thing is this like my thing i think if i had to really pick is like finding tight ends before the season starts and being able to say this guy is someone that i would add on my bench and i think you know like logan thomas Uh, obviously dan Arnold was a big miss but you know just find those people that can can help fill your blind spots and that's that's my biggest recommendation honestly in life too you know it's it's interesting you know if you start hanging around people that differ from you slightly and can challenge you it's going to help you in the long run so i know i'm getting a little philosophical here but so i'm going to go ahead and thank you all for checking out the episode and again, before I let y'all go, please subscribe, rate, and review to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Uh, subscribe everywhere, but rate and review is going to be on the Apple Podcasts. Uh, it'll help me grow the podcast and help reach us out to more people. Uh, feel free to you know let your league mates know, let your friends know. Uh, let's let's get this let's get this bigger. Let's let's make Snake in the Draft a household name if we can. That'd be fun. Uh, yeah, I just I, I like talking with all y'all too. If you're on Twitter, feel free to add me on Twitter at any time. Feel free to DM me. Um I'm gonna to respond to everything. If I miss a response, DM me again, at me again. That's not a problem. I know I miss some every once in a while. So thank you all for tuning in. Let's be snakes this season.